The We Can Talk About That podcast is a space for women to grow spiritually with other believers by approaching both practical questions and tough conversations from a biblical foundation. We're passionate about creating a space where we can set up a conversation and send you out ready, excited, confident, and prepared to engage in it wherever God has you. So whatever it is, it's welcome here. Let's talk. Welcome back, everybody. We are back for our second episode in this new year. And before we start, Nat, I just want to know, have you held to your New Year's goals that you made in our last episode or? That's a great question. (laughs) Some yes, some no. And remember, they're not necessarily firm goals. They're intentions for the year. So I've been good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clarify. Been really good about yeah, doing something active every week. Worked out earlier today, so that was great. I felt like I was getting ready to go into like a, you know, doom scrolling session on my phone. And I was like, absolutely not. And so I got up and left my house and I went and did something fun so that I would come back and be focused. So that's been good and got really good quiet time and prayer in and kind of following that Look at kind that. of general rhythm I set out. So that's been pretty good. And then unintentionally, my my church history like kind of semi-course that I'm going through with my my staff team that I work for this week was the history of the Pope. So I learned a lot about the Catholic faith. So look at that. Catching up. Catching up my goals. How about you, Always Liz? good to know. Yeah, I feel like up until like two days ago, I was doing real good. <laughs> but my bed has been calling my name in the mornings. But no, I've been getting up, walking. I've been journaling a lot more. Not necessarily. Time, quiet time has not looked as much as what I wanted it to look like, but I think that's okay. And there's space for that. Been trying to get back into journaling and stuff, but yeah, it's been good. I was just curious because a lot of times this is the time where our goals start to really fall through. So which is kind of wanted our listeners to be able to hear if we were in, in <laughs> succeeding or failing. What's funny <laughs> is that I remember like we, you and I both talked about getting up early again and the Lord was just like, I can answer that for accountability for you because Literally now weekly, I have three different days where my first meeting is at seven or seven thirty in the morning. That's disgusting. And I work in college ministry. How <laughs> did that happen? How did that happen that three days a week I have to be somewhere by seven thirty in the morning? And then you and I occasionally mm-hmm. podcast at seven thirty in the morning on the another day of the week. So it's like four days a week. So I'm happy to be consistent. <laughs> I said so consistency with the mornings is happening, but I think that's entirely against my will. Maybe a little bit. Maybe it'll get easier. We'll see. <laughs> get back into it. I love that. We are staying to our goals. So we hope that you guys are too. We decided this episode. We've been trying to be better in our friend time and Marco Pulling has been our saving grace as we live across the state from each other. And we I kind hope, of I hope everybody knows <laughs> what Marco Polo is. It came into it's my not life. Just a and, COVID time. <laughs> I was like 2020 was like the year of Marco Polo's existence to me. But it's been great mm-hmm. to have it back. <laughs> We've been having a lot of fun with that. And I think our goal and our idea of our podcast moving forward was just what is relevant to us? What are the conversations that we're having in real time? And I think this month we kind of realized that it doesn't have to look like it used to. So Nat, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I would let this as anyone always started talking about, but I think it ties into it so well. I think this is this phrase, it doesn't it doesn't look like it used to. Honestly, even for our friendship. Like mm-hmm. this has been like I think something we've been reflecting on and learning. And you and I had a touch base at the beginning of the year of like, hey, it doesn't we didn't use these words then, but like it doesn't look like it used to. And right. and so what needs to shift and change or what does it look like to shift and change with the season and having our friendship reflect that? But 
the, this phrase, it doesn't look like it used to. I hope that is that that's something that you can resonate with. And I was thinking through like, I mean, what this means, I was just thinking through what happened recently. I read the bookshelves in my office and I was going through, <laughs> I have a lot of books. I was going through it and like reorganizing them. And I found this set of journals from when I was in college. And it was you, the same one. <laughs> yes. If you went to college with me, you know exactly what journals I'm talking about because we all had them. They were all from Marshalls or TJ Maxx. And they were like that pleather material. And they usually had like a verse carved into the front. And then like every page had a verse on them. I hope you know what I'm talking about. But I had like three different ones of different colors and from like, well, I'd finish one and start a new one. Anyways, not the point. The point was I found these journals and it reminded me as I flipped through them that I went through this like long season, like probably a couple of years where quiet time to me looked like that. Like it was, I would get up or whenever I was doing it and I would like read, I remember being exactly one chapter out of the Bible and then I'd write exactly one page of notes or like thinkings or reflections or prayers. And then I would go to church on Sunday and it was exactly one page and, you know, and that was like very set in stone. And I don't think I ever was like, it's better if it's one page or it has to be one page. But that was just like the rhythm. Like, that's just what it was. Right. It was a page of notes, a chapter a day, whatever. And that has not been my rhythm in years now. And so it was such this like. Four, this, to be exact. We four, did the math. Okay. Rude. I, it was just this moment where I, I just it hit me. I was like, oh, man, this like doesn't look like it used to. And it was just like when time with the Lord. And and I think we feel that deeply. I think maybe even, and I promise at some point we will all stop referring to 2020 as just like changing point, but like since 2020, right? Like maybe, I, don't, always, I don't think so. It's going to be in the history book. It'll, yeah, it'll always be a changing point. But I think as we reflect, like, I think especially since 2020s, we're coming in these years out of it. There, That phrase, it's all the more like, it just doesn't look like it used to in a lot of areas of our lives. And I think there are ways that that is really happy and like really great and really healing. And there are ways maybe that that carries a lot of grief and and sadness and brokenness and disappointment especially and and I think that is yeah just something I've been really coming back to of like okay there are a lot of like really cool ways that like my time with the Lord doesn't look like it used to you know and that it looks different and that doesn't mean that what the way I did it was bad or wrong and it doesn't mean the way that I'm doing it now is bad or wrong it just right it doesn't it doesn't look like it used to and the, I had this moment where I, I felt like I was a little bit holding grief and joy at the same time of like oh man mm -hmm. there's like this nostalgia of like there was a lot of sweet things that happened in that season and that happened in my faith in that season. And yet there's a lot of like really cool things that I've learned and grown in since then and even found some more freedom in and less structure in. So yeah, that is is kind of this, it doesn't look like it used to maybe intro idea of it. Is there anything that kind of comes to mind for you, Liz, that you thought of? I feel when like this is like this? hitting home to a T because I think this weekend I really relied on that to process a lot with me and like I think I am going through like I'm in a very exciting season of like, isn't am I still new considered newlywed? I would say you're still newlywed. Year, like still newlywed. Like there's just a lot of changes happening and a lot of growing. Just like my family looks different, and it's been really hard to be in a different space than they are. And so I think for me this is just really hidden home and really close to my heart right now. So. I'm glad that we're talking about it because this is real time. This is what we wanted. And mm -hmm. this is stuff that we process through, like for me, like <laughs> two days ago, three days ago, you know? So I think what we really started to realize and hone in on was just like our relationship with the Lord is, is constantly evolving. And we're hoping that everyone has that same experience of just growing closer to the Lord, growing in intimacy and knowledge of who he is and just drawing closer to him. And I think 
as we do that, we continue to learn more about who God is. And in different seasons, we really cling to different characteristics of who God is. And I think that's what's really cool is I'm reading, I just started a James devotional by Daily Grace Co. It's the one, Natalie actually gave it to me like two years ago and I just started it. But on the very first page, it literally has like, I don't know, 30 characteristics of who God is and like a verse that goes with it, which is just really cool. And I mean, in this season, personally, I feel like I'm clinging to the part of like, God is a God of comfort because a lot of things are changing in my life. A lot of things are hard. We have a lot of personal things going on in my family right now. My mom was recently diagnosed with cancer. So that's been really hard. So it's been really cool to, in this season, as someone who doesn't normally feel comforted, it's been really cool to be comforted by the Lord and just learning that even though it doesn't look how it used to, things are different, things are changing. Life is hard and that's okay. God is still good and God is a God who comforts. And I'm really appreciative that I get to dig deeper into that and learn more about who God is through this, you know? Yeah. And I think that's what we, the, the kind of conversation that we want to open here with this, you know, we have always been kind of about like, what's the harder conversation that needs pressed mm-hmm. into. And I think for this, it's like, maybe we can all acknowledge or you're like really resonating with what Liz is saying. Like, it just doesn't look like it used to. Things are changing. Seasons changing. So what do we, then what do we do? Like, what do we do with that? How do we, you know, like you cry. Res- That's what I do. <laughs> cry a lot, you know, but like really like, how do we respond to that? And how do we talk about it with people? Like, you know, what it looks like for you and I to start having these conversations and Marco um, Polo. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but I think, yeah, there's this like idea of like, okay, so what do we, how do we respond? And, and knowing that there's actually like, a desire in us to respond biblically, right? Even if it's not like, oh, please give me a step-by-step bullet point list of how to respond. You know, like, I don't think we have that for every circumstance ever. Of, But I think there's this this response of like, how does my response give honor and glory to God? How can I do this in the scope of community? How can I do this in the scope of the church? How can I do this in my relationship with God? How, what do I do with all of the emotions that come up with, with seasons changing and disappointments and expectations? And so, I think the the first kind of part of this is I think acknowledging that there probably just are a lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to this phrase, this, it doesn't, it didn't used to look like this or it doesn't look like it used to. Disappointment was the one that you and I talked about mm-hmm. first. I think that is one that maybe is usually at the forefront of our mind because that's an emotion we feel more painfully or, or more real. I think that is like the worst emotion to feel like I would rather my parents be mad at me than like be disappointed in me, you know, like that's, that's such a good, I was like that phrase too. Like we all get this. This, this, this disappointment clearly like brings a strong reaction and hits us all really, really personally. And so I think, I mean, just starting with that, I think part of it is just gonna be acknowledged like, okay, I'm feeling disappointed here. That is like real because I think mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't need to be or I shouldn't be. And I'm like, okay, before you shit all over it, like <laughs> I think we should maybe consider just just saying it's here. I feel disappointed. <laughs> and I'm probably feeling disappointed because there was an expectation mm-hmm. not met. And then it's good to be like, what was my expectation? Right. right? I, I think it's good to like just figure it out. Like, oh, what was my expectation? Before you even evaluate if you should or shouldn't have had that expectation, just what was it? You know, and and then we get to kind of unpack was that expectation fair? You know, and it may have been fair expectation. And then it's, was it communicated? Right. You know, I think there's, there's so much we have to process through. And that doesn't mean if you get to answer, oh, it wasn't a fair expectation or it wasn't communicated. It's all my fault. I shouldn't feel disappointed. I don't think that's the case. I think we can still be like, oh, I am disappointed. But now I can look at it in scope and I can, now I can learn how to respond. So specifically today, we want to really talk about our relationship with the Lord. And I know there's a lot of other ways we can go with this. We're going to kind of dig into some of those other areas, hopefully next month with just like maybe friendships when it doesn't look like it used mm-hmm. to or 
disappointment there. But with our relationship with the Lord, yeah, what does it what what does it mean when when things shift and change? And I think the one thing that you and I kept coming back to that is important is is just the reminder, the truth we have to cling to is that like God does not change. We do. We change. We change. And we change a lot over the course of our lives. <laughs> like, and that's beautiful. And that's like wonderful. And like God wants us to to change and to grow. And that's part of sanctification. Like sanctification is changing, you know, in a space of it. And but God, who he is and his presence and his character do not change. And I think what sometimes when we feel like God is changing, what we're actually experiencing is I am changing. And as I am changing, I'm becoming more aware of either my faults or what I need. And I'm either seeing or not seeing that in God. And that makes us feel like God's changing. And and that may or may not be a correct view of God. So I think we need to evaluate that. But like to kind of explain with an example, I think for myself, you know, I this year, I just have felt like. I and we reflected on this in the first episode. End of last year, I just struggled a lot with what I would say is like steadfastness. Like I just was like, oh man, I just like am lacking a lot of discipline. I'm like really struggling just to maintain things and, and to be in these spaces. But in that season, not coincidentally at all, the one thing that cut coin to my mind when I was like in the Bible or praying was how steadfast God is. Right. And that's not new. God has always been steadfast, right? Like even this summer, I spent time reading the book of Joshua and that is like a ton about God's steadfastness. So like mm-hmm. that was there, you know, it's not like it was a new idea or even new to me, but because I was changing and my season was changing, mm-hmm. I was all the more aware of God's characteristics that reflected the opposite, right? Like my brokenness and his perfection, mm-hmm. you know, in that area. I feel like sometimes too, when we realize that we change, at least for me, maybe this is my... <laughs> me not being great but like I don't like when (laughs) when I realize all these things about myself and that like I'm changing and it may not like there may be some things like we're constantly getting sin point out in our life whether that's through you know leaning into the Lord and praying that he reveals more or even if we have friendships or you know our husbands are lovingly pointing that out like it is sometimes hard to accept that (laughs) because as somebody who is prideful as ever, it's hard to admit that. And I think sometimes that makes me want to run, <laughs> which like mm. is not the response that we should have. But I think it's a human response. And I think that there are so many other people. I think everybody, honestly, can really relate to that. And I think, too, one thing that we really thought was that we tend to be lazy <laughs> when it comes to this. Like we find every excuse in the book, it feels like. If our quiet time doesn't look the same or our community doesn't look the same, we can't, we just use it as an excuse to be lazy, to be honest. Like we need to be prioritizing and doing the things that God calls us to do in scripture as disciplines to continue to work towards our relationship with the Lord and not run away with it just because that's the easy thing to do, quote unquote easy, because yeah. it's definitely a harder life to live when you're not with the Lord. But it and seems I, easier in the moment. And I think that's our response, right? Like, I think in a nutshell, like if we had to summarize this episode in one sentence before we continue to talk is that, you know, what do we do when it doesn't look like it used to when it comes to when it comes to our relationship with God? We really draw near to him and we really draw near to the church and the community. And, and so I think yeah, that idea of like, OK, our quiet time looks different or like maybe it feels really dry or like mm-hmm. you're not writing exactly one page in one chapter in a notebook anymore. And I think it's like, that's great. As long as you do something. I, I had a mentor once. It was just great advice. She said, read the word, whatever you're feeling. And it was like such a, a basic, you know, idea, like read the Bible. But then it was, she just went on and she was like, read it when you're angry. Read it when you're mad. Read it when you're happy. Read it begrudgingly. Mm-hmm. Read it boringly. Read it. Like, it does not matter. Just 
read it. And then I had a seminary professor that like very much built on top of that and and kind of said that the most important time to read your Bible is when you don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, and that discipline of it, because one verse still carries more truth than this, the, the amount of lies that Satan can speak in silence, right? right? Like when we get the word, when it's in our mind, that has truth and power to overcome, you know, all of the things that the enemy will throw at us in the season. And I think when seasons change is when we're really vulnerable mm-hmm. to the enemy's lies because we don't understand necessarily what is different or what feels different or why it's different or what's going to be in the future. And like, I don't know about you, but I've I've met very few people who are like, <laughs> I love an ambiguous future, right? Like we yeah, tend to want to know what's coming. We and want so control too. Yeah. And that control. And so when we don't have it, we feel out of control or things change or we're facing disappointment. There are so many opportunities for the enemy to just really seize us and and really shipwreck our faith in a sense and so i think yeah it's so important in this space to really come to your quiet time and to really get into the word and really get into prayer even if it looks so different than mm-hmm. it did before like i i was reflecting on this last night at my group that i lead of like yeah i had this you know one paragraph one page a day and then i went to 2020 i was like i'm read the whole bible in a year and that's like a lot of reading and so i wasn't like journaling a page for every chapter that i read because i would have had to write like five pages a day you know so I was reading a ton and then I went through seminary and I was like seriously binge reading the scriptures. Like I like I had so much I had to get through every single week to learn all this content and these stories. And, you know, I was reading through it and that looked really different because then I was, you know, learning intellectually, but I was studying and reading the mm-hmm. word and I was doing a ton of prayer with with my roommate from college at the time. And we were praying every day for an hour. And so that looked really different because it wasn't necessarily around my quiet time. It was just separated. Mm-hmm. And then I, I've church planted and that's looked really different from leading different Bible studies and being different words. And, and now I'm in this season where, man, I am low and slow with the Bible right now. Like I have been like, I read uh, the book of Hebrews for the fall semester for the whole fall semester and over and over again, you know, and, and I've been in the Timothy's starting this semester, but I'm in the Timothy's over winter break. And it's like 10 chapters together with all of, you know, like both of those books and I'm reading the same, you know, the same chapter for days at a time and just really meditating on like God's word and taking it slower. So I think it looks different and that's great. And none of those are less than, right? and nor is it less than to just do one verse. I think what matters is, are you coming to God and are you connecting with him? And is your desire for that there? Right. I was going to say to you, just to chime in on Natalie, this is her job. So if you're like Liz and it's not your job and you don't have to do it for schoolwork, sometimes like how many times, I don't know, it wasn't recent, but like how many times would I tell you that I want to chuck my Bible at the wall? Like, yeah, do it, that... but then just pick it up and read it after. <laughs> she she'd be like, do it, but then pick it up after. And I'm like, mm, okay, that's great <laughs> advice. But, you know, like some days it's like, I don't read my Bible for three days in a row or whatever time it is. But then when I do, I pick it up, even if it's on your phone, like it's still, you are still engaging in the word and you are still filling your mind and your heart with it. And I think that's where we need to recognize, like, if you say you don't have time, trust me, you do, because you make time for things that are important to you. That's my personal belief. But pray in the car, pray on your way to work. Like my dad, every morning tells me he turns off the radio and he prays for every single one of us. Like, if you don't have time, put on like the Bible reading app and it reads to you (laughs) in different voices too. change a different, change it to an accent that you think it's fun. I don't know. You know, yeah. There is no excuse for not prioritizing your relationship with the Lord. And he does not change. We are the ones who change. And that's okay. But we need to make sure that we prioritize the Lord in the midst of the change. I'm going to give a mini side tangent on that. Yes. I work. uh, Yes. Very many. (laughs) 
I do work for a church, which means I have the luxury of time to get my quiet time in. But <laughs> my time with the Lord, is, I mean, that's that itself isn't part of my job, but I have more accountability for my job to be spending time in the word. But I just want to say for all the church leaders out there on behalf of all of them, we also have times where it's like, oh, man, it's been three days. Oh, man, it's been a week. Oh, man, I really need to get right. in the word. You know, that is just that is our human existence. And that's the sin in us, honestly, that keeps us from him and the distractedness. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy, no matter what your job is, to really get like lost in the business of the world. But at the end of the day, we all have to make time for it and to come back to it. And I think it might actually be that you have to give something up to make that happen, right? I think that that may, that may be the case. Hopefully it's not, right? I'm a firm believer. We all have a bunch of wasted time we never realize if we would just pay attention. But if you're someone who's like, man, I really just have like very, you know, it, it may take creative. It may be praying in the car. It may take getting up the hour earlier mm-hmm. to get it in, you know? And I think it's, Ultimately, whatever it costs you to get your time with the Lord, it's worth it. Like there is no thing that is made better than your time with the Lord. But that being said, the church is also God's vehicle for for bringing us into community. And this is where I think this phrase wreaks havoc, right? Like this, it it doesn't look like it used to. Man, do we feed into that as an excuse to like distance us from the church and distance us from community. And this is something that like we've been seeing again since 2020, there's actually been this like max exodus in the church of people leaving churches. And it was like, oh, 2020 gave me the permission to go online. And I just like never went back and, and never got in community. And and there was, I mean, just so much loneliness that took place in 2022. I think we just saw that transform in a lot of different ways. And in a sense, as we come out of it, we're learning to socialize again and learning to get back into community. But I think this is a space that we a little bit if we are not careful, rationalize away. Oh, it's not that big of a deal that I'm not going to person. It's not that big of a deal that I'm not involved in a group. It's not that big of a deal that I don't have really close Christian friends. Or it's not my fault. No one pursued me. All of these things. And I, I'm just, I, I, I want to be so kind in my response to this, but I think <laughs> that we need to a little bit check ourselves on these, on these heart postures that we have towards the church and the community and and if you're someone that's been hurt by the church or your church community, I also say, like, man, God grieves that with you. And also he created the church for you. He, God created the church to be the space for his people to come together and to give honor and glory back to him. So if nothing else, out of pure obedience, knowing that God says this brings him honor and glory, and thus I shall, right? Like the bare minimum. But also realizing like this is a tool that God has invited us into to like heal us, to walk with us in these transitions, to comfort us, to guide us to hold us accountable, to notice the lies that Satan's feeding us, whatever it is, this is such an important space. And so I think it's important to know. So like, as we've had this mm-hmm. big of people leaving the church, I think we need to acknowledge that at the same time, I'm not saying causation, I'm just <laughs> saying at the same time, there's also been this need to acknowledge that we're living in an increasingly self-focused, comfort-driven and convenience-oriented society. It is about us. It's about what we want and how easy it could be to give it as long as it doesn't make me uncomfortable or I don't have to work too hard for it. And that has very much permeated our view of the church too. And that is just simply not how the biblical church is going to work. Quite frankly, it's the exact opposite. The idea of the kingdom is upside down. Being involved in the church the way the Bible describes. And I'm not talking about going to 17 events a week and sticking <laughs> off every church potluck and serving every fourth. So I'm not, those are great things. Not, there's nothing wrong with those. When I say being involved in the church, I mean being one of the body of Christ, right? Like being involved in them intimately and knowing people and serving them. It is others focused, not self-focused. It is 
absolutely going to force you to get out of your comfort zone at some point. It is not driven for your comfort. It is driven for the kingdom. And it's guaranteed not going to be convenient. It will cost (laughs) us something, right? To love people and love the church the way God designed us to. It'll cost, you know, us laying down our lives to love our neighbor. And that's actually a really beautiful thing. And I think that we just get lost a little bit. And as I was thinking about this, I have this phrase. I don't maybe tell me if you heard this growing up, Liz. There was always this phrase. I felt like when I was in middle school, high school, there was like kind of this like mini wave of like people leaving the church. It was when like a lot of church shopping was like really popular. Mm-hmm. And there was this phrase of like, don't ask what the church can do for you. Ask what you can do for the church. Did you ever hear that phrase? To be honest, I don't really know. Right. <laughs> I heard this all the time. And it was like, I have a lot of issues with it in general. There's like good principle, right? Like there's this idea of like the church isn't like just to serve you. You know, we should be serving. But I feel like what happened with it was it started this whole movement of everybody was like, oh, instead of complaining about the worship team, I should, or how we do music, I should consider, can I be on the worship team? Or where am I serving on Sunday? And almost the response to that like kind of message was this like consumer oriented, what's my job in the church of like, oh, I should be figuring out how I can serve on mm-hmm. Sundays or should I volunteer in the you know pre-K room or all of these things. And it was this like volunteer recruitment tactic almost in a sense. Right. And I think it missed the point, right? I think, one, you should ask what the church can do for you. That is a beautiful right. thing. The church is for you. Like, it is meant to cater to the believers and the saints and to heal them and to be their source of encouragement. And also, we're meant to do that for others in the church. And mm-hmm. then the church in and of itself is meant to give glory and honor back to God and care for the non-believers, right? Mm-hmm. That it is God's vessel for care for the believers to to reach out to the non-believers and to give him glory. and so. I hope we do ask me and like, what, what, what do I need from the church? That's a very real thing, right? We, we can mm-hmm. stop pretending that we don't need anything and we're fine, right? Like we can, I'm just saying we could lay that down. <laughs> we can receive from the church, you know? And I think the ability to give is great, mm-hmm. but the ability to receive is something I think we're losing mm-hmm. and receiving and being cared for by the church, I think is a little bit of a lost art. Mm-hmm. I think in this like society, we're so quick to be like, I'm fine. I can take care of myself. You don't right. do anything for me. I can just serve. And it's like, absolutely serve. And that is a blessing. And so can it be served too? It's okay right. to let people care. And that, part of that is going to be able to be vulnerable with your needs and, and what you need mm. and the space that's in. And so this is, I was told to give a short soapbox and it's simply not going to be. But I think <laughs> she said, she prefaced this with many and I think we all knew she was joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just think, I think that the church is such a, a beautiful place for the believers to come together. And I think we have to fight for that and fight mm. past our own tendencies and acknowledge when we want to leave or we want to drift or we want to, you know, complain about the church, that maybe the culture that is self-focused, comfort-driven and convenience-oriented is driving us a little more than we're we're acknowledging. Right. And it may just take some humbling and being like, okay, no, I can come back to this. Right. And I think this is a conversation that we've had for like, I don't know, probably the last almost year at this point of like, I feel like, it's just been really hard. This is a season of transition for me. And, you know, (laughs) yes, it is a college church, but it's also a city church. And I just felt like where I was at in life was like totally on the outside of both of both groups. Like I've been lead, I've been involved in this church since Natalie texted me and made me go to life group. But like I was leading, I was serving, I was going to church. I, I was like going to all the things like probably too much to be honest for my own good mm-hmm. but when i realized that my expectations were way too high on the church based on my freshman year 
that's when I like was able to recognize that it was all sinful, my sinful nature that was really like keeping me back from the church. And I share that because I think a lot of people can relate to some extent of like, you're not always going to want to go to church. Like sometimes you're going to wake up on Sunday morning and be like, man, I just wish I had one Sunday. Like when I went with my parents, I just was like, ah, church in the morning, you know, it's just what we did. It wasn't like I wanted to go. And I think freshman year, like I keep going back to freshman year because I had such a positive experience when I needed it. Like I came to college in a season that was like, I knew who God was. I believed in God, but I didn't give my life to the Lord. Like I was a very like lukewarm quote unquote. And so I was just totally engulfed by the love of Christ and the love of others of like, we had a wonderful life group. We did. <laughs> like there were probably like, I don't know, seven to 10 of us who did life together quite literally every single day. Yeah. Like we would meet in the lobby. We would go of our dorm. We would go to dinner and all of this stuff. We would do everything together. So my expectation was that moving forward, I was going to have that many girls every single day <laughs> to do life with. And then you go to church. Like if I didn't go to church, I had at least three to five people texting me. Hey, where are you? I missed you. Same thing with life group. Like, hey, why aren't you here? Like, that's not like you. I wanted to go to church. I wanted to go to life group. Church was my favorite part of the week. Fast forward to junior, senior year when after COVID happened and life happened, it was like, mm, I have to go to church. My community looks completely different. I'm now leading. So the focus isn't on pouring into me 100%. It's, hey, you still need accountability. You still need small group. However, you're going to go lead and make disciples like we're called to do in a group setting. And it just looks so different. And I was, I was mad. Like, I feel like the anger that I feel like if I'm ever frustrated, I don't want to say frustrated because that's mad, but like, if I'm ever like, God, why? It's always that I'm mad about something. I think that's mm -hmm. like my initial anger. And I think it's okay to recognize that and like express that to God because he already knows, but then it's like, okay, let's work through this. Let's have an open heart to be able to work through this. And it was realizing that my expectations were entirely unrealistic not only with that, but so many other things in my life of life group, it's not always going to be this huge thing. If there's like two or three of you, that's a life group. Like in scripture, it says we're two of, is it two or more of you gather? And Matthew, what's that verse? I should probably know that off the top of my head. Three or more. There we go. <laughs> Natalie's helping me. I'm I'm not ashamed of how I don't know scripture off the back. Nor should we. We don't have a shame head. game here. But like he literally says we're three or more gather. And so that should be suffice for us. Like we should still be doing that, even though my rhythms look completely different than they used to and have lacked. And <laughs> that's been something I've sought counsel on and accountability from, from friends. But just because it looks different doesn't mean that it's less than. And I think once you realize that and realize, okay, I have hurt or unsaid expectations, what did you do about it? It's all about your response. Like, is your response to sit there and sulk and like, just totally disengage yourself or is it like no I desire this like you're continually praying for that desire and because if you don't that's okay but pray about it like yeah. it's okay if you don't have that desire in that time pray about it do something about it seek others in it because when you're left in the dark with those thoughts that's when Satan grabs a hold of you so I personally love when people are very open and honest and that's something that I've 
been struggling with it and still continue to struggle with of finding a church community, knowing that we're going to be moving soon and that <laughs> it's tough to find and it's okay, but it doesn't have to look like how it used to. It can look like a small group of girls meeting in your apartment and it doesn't have to be necessarily affiliated with the church if you're all believers, you know? So, yeah. And I think, yeah, the ultimately the church is, you know, not necessarily just right. the local church. It's the, the believers have gotten now. That being said, I, huge emphasis on the local church. I think there is, you know, a huge blessing to be under the leadership of authority and to have, you know, the local church structure, I think is really important in the way that Bible lays it out. That's a rant for another time. But I, <laughs> I want I want to quickly speak to maybe the girl who's listening to this and is like, that's all great, but I'm so lonely. They're like, that's that's mm. cool, but like totally real. So real. That that yeah, I I know that maybe my expectations aren't high, but I didn't think my expectations were at that high. And also I'm so lonely. And I think that is so, so real. And so if that is you, I just want to say like man, I am, we're praying for you. That is like a space too. I hope that you are continually coming to God with that in that space. I'm not going to be the one that's like, you're never lonely. God's with you all the time. That is absolutely true. And you probably might feel lonely occasionally, right? Right. That's okay. Like that's still a real emotion, even if we have the Holy Spirit. And so I hope that you're, you're really leaning into God in that and you're bringing that to him and asking him to heal that. And I also want to encourage you with the boldness of the spirit, pursue people like crazy. Mm. I think we get a little bit in this habit of when if we're not pursued, we feel really undesired. And then the enemy convinces us that we actually mm-hmm. are undesired. And if they wanted us, they would have reached out and don't cross, you know, oceans or people who don't cross puddles for you, which like, by the way, woman of God, that phrase is simply not for you. <laughs> but like we, we get so intimidated and scared and we get convinced that nobody wants us, wants to talk to us. And I just want to say, we know how good it feels to be pursued, right? Mm-hmm. We, we all know that we all desire that. So pursue people like crazy. I think we're a little afraid to come across as annoying or needy. And I just want to think about, I want everyone to think about this. Like, when was the last time someone texted you? I was like, hey, I would love to hang out with you. And maybe you missed it or you forgot to reply. And they texted you again. of like, hey, again, I just want to reach out. When was the last time you were like, oh my gosh, they're so annoying and needy. No, we were all like, oh man, that's so cool. Like they're reaching out to me. They're pursuing me, right? And so this is just me saying, by the grace of God, go and pursue people like crazy. If you are someone who doesn't have community in your church, go find somebody. Even if it's all going to be like, hi, I don't have any friends. Would you like to get coffee? <laughs> right? Like, that's fine. Like, and if it, you don't have to use that, I don't have any friends, you know, motto if you don't want to. But I just think if you're in part of a church, maybe that you really appreciate, that you maybe appreciate the authority of and the teaching of, and you like the church that you're at, but you don't feel like you have community, go find somebody and ask to be their friend. They don't have to be in the same season of life as you. They may be in a totally different season of life than you, and they may know somebody who's in the same season of life mm-hmm. than you, and you may all get to hang out, right? Like, just go and pursue people like crazy, and and don't wait for it to come to you, because it may, and that is wonderful. But think about the community you could have had in the meantime if you reached out. And I know, and I'm saying that, and I, I'm going to give I, <laughs> like the same caveat of I know that that is sometimes really tiring, right? Like, I think we all sit there, and we're like, okay, but I just want someone else to reach out to me for once first. I think that's okay. And I think we can say that and we can acknowledge it and acknowledge that that is how we're feeling. And still acknowledge that while that feeling is true, it is not true about us that we're unloved. It's not true about us that we're unwanted. It's not true about us that, true about us that we're unpursued. It just is, this is just the, the case. This is just the circumstances of the season. And, and don't let that be barrier to being able to go and reach out and, and find people and find community and know that we're praying that, that people would respond to you when you reach out and you find people. Hmm. 
Nan, I heard you have a phrase that you wanted to really put in here. <laughs> yes, this is a, if you've ever done life with me, maybe I say that the space and grace for the seasons we're in. This is something that's been like really life giving for me because I've, I've changed seasons a lot in the last couple of years. And I think this was something that God gave me because I really struggle with control and really wanted <laughs> <and> me both <laughs> girl and wanting to control my life. But if I am in a season of unhealth and wanting to control others or really wanting to kind of overhanded control my relationship or how it's going to be with yeah. different people. And God just gave me this phrase of space and grace for the seasons that we're in and to really pray that over my friends as seasons change space and grace. And yeah. we're going to get into that next <laughs> uh, episode. But I think we can apply that to our relationship with God of like, Man, if if one thing you can speak truth over is do not let shame win here, right? Do not let shame win in community and the church. Do not let shame win in the quiet time of like, it didn't used to be like this or it doesn't look like it used to. Shame, shame, shame. No, there is space and grace for the season you're in, space and grace for what your quiet time looks like. We will continue to carry on like by the grace of God to pursue him and to lean into community, even if it doesn't look like it used to. Trusting that like, Ultimately, our hope is not in our circumstances. It's not in the circumstances ahead of us. It's not in the circumstances behind us. It is in the reality and the truth of Jesus, what he has done and what he will do again. And that is the kingdom we work towards, regardless of what it looks like here in front of us. So that is how we're going to kind of close today. Again, we're going to do this kind of same idea, but what does, it ha- what does it mean with friendships when it doesn't look like it used to? next month but we're glad you're here we're praying for you just so fiercely in this season whatever it looks like even if it doesn't look like it used to know that you are loved cared seen and created by just a holy god and he loves you and he sees you in this space and we hope that you feel seen by him today that is all we have time for today but every episode we just want to take a quick second to pause and say that with topics like these this is just the start of the conversation as you wrestle with these topics and questions our ultimate authority needs to be god through his word and prayer not what somebody on the internet even us says there's always a space to keep learning and keep asking questions all right ladies we hope this episode has set up the conversation for you we are sending you out to keep the conversation going wherever god has you